and welcome back to the round table. We have another film review. I'm David Flora. I'm the host of the Blurry Photos podcast. With me is Derek Hayes of Monsters Among Us. What's up, Derek? Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me back or whatever. I'm glad to have you back and glad to have you so enthused. Uh, <laughs> next up, we've got Justin Zinger from the Zing This Podcast. What's up, Justin? Oh, nothing much. I'm I'm actually wearing all black unintentionally for this. This, this was not intended, but black shirt, black pants. I'm in the mood. There you go. He is the muscleman in black now. Ha-ha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are covering the 1989 British television horror film, The Woman in Black. Uh, Derek, you had mentioned that you'd never heard of this one before. Zinger, is that the same for you too? Oh, I have never, <laughs> ever heard of this before. Then once hearing about it, I was like, oh, I regret knowing of this now. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of. And Derek, what did you think on hearing this picked? Quite honestly, I misread your text and thought we were doing the Daniel Radcliffe version this whole time until about this morning, I think. Um, <laughs> so so this whole time I was like, oh, well, you know, it's not, not what I would have picked, but it sounds like it's a good movie. And then I learned it was the 1989 made-for-television version. And let's just say <laughs> I would like my two hours back. Mm. So there was a... Um, Another film version of this released in 2012, and it did star Harry Potter himself. Also, Kieran Hines, who, if you are a fan of HBO's Rome, he was Caesar. He's been in, like, almost everything. You you would recognize him. But um, I couldn't find that streaming for free anywhere at the time when I picked this. So I said, let's do the 1989 film. And um, I think the other one is streaming now on Pluto TV. Um, you can watch it with ads, but it's free. I watched it today, actually, uh, and and now I am sad that I picked this one as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, did both of you watch the Radcliffe one too? And I just didn't. No, I haven't seen the Radcliffe oh, okay, version okay, either. Good, good, good. I was just I, sort I, of looking forward to watching it. <laughs> I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, "Oh, interesting." Next, yeah, I'll I'll talk a little bit about that later. Okay. So this is, uh, this is like I said, a, a television horror film. Uh, it's directed by Herbert Wise, and um, the screenplay was Nigel Neal. Very British. It's based on, or it's adapted from the 1983 novel of the same name by Susan Hill. It's kind of wild that they got a whole novel out of this story, but here you go. <laughs> One of the most interesting things about this is it premiered on Christmas Eve 1989. Oh, yeah. And then they did not show it again for like five to six years. Mm. And people were like, what was that? Because people were freaked the F out by this picture. There is one scene in particular, I think, that did it for people. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I think I know which one you're talking about, too. <laughs> what were you going to say, Derek? I, I was just going to say, I'm trying to put myself in the 1980s mindset. You know, we hadn't seen all these crazy things at the time. Maybe we had. It wasn't more effective then, I guess. And, and that information kind of helps me. Like, I know what scene you're talking about. And okay. Yeah. It freaked me out, too. But mostly because my speakers couldn't handle whatever sound they were pumping through <laughs> yeah. it. And it sent like infra sound my direction. I don't know. It did something audibly that, that rattled disturbed me. It rattled something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you're right about putting yourself in the mindset at the time. I mean, everybody's 
gathered around the fireplace and Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. you know, Santa's going to come that night. The kids maybe are in bed, but maybe they're staying up just, uh, you know, everybody's basically on vacation. Everybody's just kind of chilling, relaxing with family. And then this thing comes on the friggin' TV <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, this looks like a fun time. Maybe we should watch it instead of, you know, Miracle on 34th Street or uh, Scrooged. <laughs> if they could get that on TV at the time, I think that was like a year earlier. But anyway, people turn this on the TV and then it's like, what are you going to do now? You're going to be awake for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is. I think it's the mindset and the, you know, people used to tell scary stories around Christmas time, around the winter uh, solstice. So yeah, back, I was going to say back in the day, that was sort of a thing. And it's referenced in what song is that? Bing, Bing Crosby. Um, dreaming of a white Christmas, maybe where he references, go, uh, um, telling ghost tales by the fire. Or some man, it's in the back of my head. One of those. That file doesn't yeah. get open for another month and a half, so I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head. One of them references scary ghost stories and something. Tales of the glories. There you go. We're getting there. Three grown men will figure this song out. I'm not helping in this scenario, so good luck, you two. Yeah, that's anyway, the, the just, point being, they used to tell ghost stories yeah. at Christmas time. I, I can see that. That sounds like a very Nordic thing to do, if that makes any sense. Sure. Sounds Nordic. So anyways, let's let's go through the plot a little bit. Uh, there's not a lot to it. Hold, hold on one second. If, 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 if you don't mind, gentlemen, I mean... If it pleases I, the court. If, if it pleases <laughs> you guys. Now, you guys run your paranormal podcast. I, of course, have a pop culture podcast, so this is... Movies are more my realm. So what we do on Zygnus every time we talk about a movie is we go over the tomatoes. So I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes for this. And gentlemen, I don't know if you did, but I would like to quiz you two on what do you think the tomato score is for the for this movie? Hmm. Derek, I'm going to go with you first. Now I'm talking tomatoes, the, the actual reviewers, not the audience score. You can guess both, but I'm going with how fresh is that tomato? Am I making some sun-dried tomatoes for my sandwich, or are those going into compost? Well, let's start with they made a remake of it, so it had to have been somewhat successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's stuffy and British, so I feel like that gets it a couple notches right there. I, I think it's surprisingly high. I'm going to say like 44%. 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that high? would be a certified Rotten Tomato. Well, it's higher than it needs to be. Okay. David. I'm trying to put my myself in the mindset of reviewers that hopefully take into consideration the time period it came out. I'm going to say 63%. Okay. All right. All right. So with that being said, gentlemen, and you, dear listener, 100% alpha five reviews on Rotten Tomatoes by reviewers. It's got a 100. So we're being trolled is what you're saying. 100%. 100. Now, audience score over a thousand reviews, 78. So Still some- high. That's oh, super I high. I know. Now, as the comparison, the remake with with um action superstar Daniel Radcliffe, don't know what action movie he was in to get that title, but... um Guns Akimbo. Yeah. Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Thank Man. You. Harry, Thank Harry you. Potter and the something or another. Perfect. Um, 66% Horns. on Tomato Meter for the remake. 54% audience score. So definitely, apparently the remake did not 
what was not the critical darling that the original was with its solid 100% from five reviewers. <laughs> so what does that tell you? Nostalgia goes a long way when it comes to films. Yeah, yes. I think you're right. It, it's kind of surprising. I feel like the newer one was not bad. I would actually suggest people watch both. Uh, just, but, but we'll get into that. Let me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I want to take that moment because, like, like I said, it's always some fun to see where everyone else lied with these and see if we're in the minority, the majority, or wherever. Anyway, it sounds David. like it didn't get enough eyes on it to make a, a <laughs> yeah. competent score. <laughs> uh, anyways, all right. So the plot is there's a solicitor, a London solicitor named Arthur Kidd. He goes to a coastal town because there's a uh, an old widow who has died. She's reclusive. She lives in this estate, this mansion that's out on the sandbar. Like it's on a little kind of island that's um, only accessible when the tide is low. And like even then it's a pain in the ass to get to. Yeah. Uh, it's called Eel Marsh House. Ew. So it's already, you know, <laughs> it's already firing on all cylinders. Are you guys fans of Mighty Boosh? Since we're talking about English media, are you familiar with Mighty Boosh at all? No. I've liked what I've seen, but I haven't seen a lot. I've been a huge fan of that for a long time. My my roommate, Will, who worked on the film with us, David, uh, he had to go to London for work one time, and he came back with a DVD of The Mighty Boosh, and I was just hooked from then. But anyway, I say that because there's a whole episode about eels, and they're like Cockney. Uh, eels some are cockney, inside you. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't know. One, yeah, I know that. Whenever somebody eels, mentions eels, 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 I can't help but think of the... The musical number of that of that episode, but find an entrance where they can. Eels up inside ya. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, <laughs> catchy song. Uh, if you, if you guys can find Mighty Boosh, I highly recommend it. It is stupid, but it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh, apparently streaming on Hulu. Hey, there you go. There you go. Continue. Sorry, didn't mean to derail you. So that's all right. He's uh, uh, the the setting is 1925, and this guy Arthur Kidd, he's kind of a um, he's a lawyer that works for this firm. He's trying to make partner, but he's a little bit too uh, friendly with the help. Not, and that doesn't mean sexual. I that that means that <laughs> all the paralegals and people who work for the lawyers, he's buddies with. He he treats them like human beings, and the pe- the partners of the firm don't like that. And there's this one stodgy old d bag who is like, if you want to succeed here, stop talking to the help. Like, <laughs> stop being such a, a nice guy, basically. And he's like, if you want to further your career here, we need you to go out here and take care of this old widow's estate, uh, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, Eel Marsh House. And he's like, all right, I'll do that. You know, I'm I'm a company man. So he goes out to, he takes a train out to this place. It's a, it's a very small coastal town again, and there's not much going on. He uh, shacks up at a, a little inn pub kind of place and everybody whenever he's like oh i'm here from london i'm gonna administer the the last will of this old widow everybody starts throwing him these glances and you can tell right away there's something going on people are like oh that place that woman um maybe you should like move on with your life maybe you shouldn't be here it's that classic moment in every horror film where the music stops and everybody puts their drink down and turns and looks at him like uh-huh. he's going where like you're yeah. gonna do what yeah i think there actually was a moment when i'm not trying to jump ahead but the one moment where he's like i'm gonna go back out there the people standing behind him when he turns they all like act like they're not paying attention yeah 
<laughs> Even though they're they're literally standing right behind him, and he saw them turn like, oh. <laughs> no, wait, David, before you continue, can I point something out? Uh, yeah. I noticed throughout the film, and this is the first point that I want to get at, it reminded me a lot of other films and other stories. And this whole section was very Dracula to me. Um, you know, uh, Barker yeah. going to Transylvania, Harker, Harker sorry, uh, Barker going to Transylvania to, uh, to, to deal with, um, Dracula's estate and all this stuff. I think he was buying property in England or something. If I remember right, what, yes. something Abbey, uh, it's been a while since I've read it or seen the movie, but, uh, it was very Dracula esque the way it all kind of played out. And even the scene where he was in with the boss that you were talking about, he was talking down to him, like, don't talk to the help, clean yourself up. He had like baby vomit yeah. on his arm or something because he has kids. Oh, yeah. He's a family man. That reminded me of the opening of Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow from 1999. And it, it, it made me think that it might be inspired because it's Tim Burton. Of course he's seen this movie. Like, there's no way in hell he hasn't <laughs> yeah. seen this movie, like, on loop, probably. And just the way the <laughs> framing of it and the way that the... I don't know, the, the partner, whoever was talking down to our main character, the way he communicated, it was all just very Sleepy Hollow-esque where Ichabod Crane's that beginning courtroom scene where he's like, I, I need to dissect the body. I need to have a look and see how he was murdered, how he was killed. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to ship you up north to the scary place. You have no idea what's in mind. You have no idea mm-hmm. what's coming. It's a good call. It does have a lot of trappings of, of other stories and it doesn't really veer away from that either because no. he gets to the house. It's it's creepy, but it's just because it's a big old place that hasn't really been taken care of because this widow has been invalid and she's been taken care of by a, you know, it's basically a, was a hospice for her for years. And mm-hmm. he has to go outside and like crank the generator to get electricity. But electric, it's like one of the only places that has electricity around there. So that was interesting. But at one point, he's outside, he's out front, and it's foggy as all get out. And he hears this awful crash of like a horse and buggy carrying a family. And there's screams and it's just harrowing, but he can't see it. And he can't run like he he tries to run out to see if he could help. But he ends up stepping in the marsh because he can't see the road. It's too foggy. And so then it all goes quiet. And he's like, what the hell just happened? Well, this keeps happening to him. He keeps hearing this crash and these screams in the fog, and he never is able to see anything happen. It's just the sound of it. So he's already freaked out. Jeez, there's there's a lot of little details. I don't want to get too deep in, on this, but there's a room that's locked that uh, he can't get into. There's no key will work. Uh, that And that comes into play uh, eventually where he hears, uh, what is it? A, a thumping sound in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a thumping thump, he might hear thump, a kid, thump. kid giggling or something. And anyways, he, he gets, I guess, angry enough that he can't <laughs> figure out what's going on, that he grabs an ax, runs back to that door and it's open. And he's like, okay. And he opens the door and it's like a child's playroom. That's pristine, has not been touched. And maybe there's a rocking chair rocking or the, but well, a ball falls like from the ceiling or something rolls to him. And then he hears a voice, right? Yep. Yeah. A little girl's child's voice, little boy's voice. Oh, a little boy's voice. I thought it was a girl's voice. I I thought it was a girl for the longest time until they pointed out that it was a boy later on. It was Bart Simpson's voice. So it was both. (laughs) Don't have a cow, man. (laughs) But he hears this this voice, and then he gets freaked out, runs away. 
Uh, and then when he comes back to that room, it's like trashed, completely torn up. Very poltergeist esque, like from the yeah, yeah. From, the, from the movie Poltergeist. You're missing one very important part that I thought you guys sure. would bring up immediately. This guy essentially invents podcasts. Oh, he yeah. Finds, yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. He oh, finds man. like a, what do they call that? A phonograph or whatever? The wax cylinders. Yeah. yeah the, with the wax yeah. cones. <laughs> and he just records his voice. And at first he's goofing around and he's like, well, welcome to Monsters Among Us. He just starts his own <laughs> podcast, essentially, <laughs> where he's narrating, you know, what's going on. And it's a pretty boring show, honestly. But uh, he finds <laughs> these cones that were created by the widow. Uh, uh-huh. in previous time, which kind of she fills in. She was podcasting. She was yeah. podcasting yeah. first, yes, and she had a much better program than he did. Uh, the quality was through the roof. She had only murders in the building. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so I, I thought that was funny. And then he starts hearing all these sounds. I'm like, idiot, you have the only recording device in the country. Go take it outside and record yeah. this sound. But he doesn't. Yeah, he uh, doesn't. There's a lot of, lot of decisions that I... I don't think I would have made, but um, what he's doing is he's going through all the the papers and the effects and stuff to try and uh, do the legal proceedings on how they can sell it and, you know, the last will, all that stuff. But he he's also like, what happened to this woman and her family? Because it, it, there's just weirdness in the town with how they treated her and what they how they talk about her. And he finds out that her child was killed in an accident and it ends up being the one um that happened out front right that that the buggy went down in the marsh yeah and no one no one helped them or like there was or this no okay okay wait let me back up it wasn't the woman (laughs) whose house it was it was her sister right i didn't get that but possibly i think i think it was um geez it it gets a (laughs) It's a very slow movie, everybody. It, it kind of got convoluted at the end. <laughs> it's very slow. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, it's very slow. I think it was, okay, I think it was her sister gave birth to a child out of wedlock, but she wasn't able to care for it, and this woman instead adopted it. Couldn't have children, I believe, so she adopted a child, yeah. which was this child. Which was her, her sister's child, so it was she adopted her nephew. Her nephew. Everyone's tuned out by now. <laughs> Even if this right. show, like, forget about the movie. They've already tuned out of this show. Well, I, I like how David has also not pointed out at all that there keeps on appearing this woman in black that oh, can he only is. see? Can I'm everyone else see? Can uh, the, um, can the Bastani kids see? And I'm saying Bastani instead of the other word they use. And if you're a D and D player, that's a deep reference and a deep cut. Oh. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's some, there's some, uh, there's a sprinkling of racism in the town, let's say, <laughs> from the traveling folk that might have set up precedent. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, one more thing. So the, the sister was, uh, mad that, that she couldn't have her child. So she tried to escape with the child one day, and that's when they, they got caught by the tide. They, they died. In the most violent, Carriage crash in history. Into a and marsh. Longest, yeah. And the longest <laughs> crash a, in history. A soft, mushy marsh. <laughs> They're crashing for a good 30 seconds straight. <laughs> yeah. He sees, when he gets to the town, he see he, he attends this woman's funeral. There's nobody there but him and, you know, the priest or whatever. And one guy who's helping him gets set up. He sees this woman in a black dress, like mourning material you know morning gown off in the distance uh like classic she doesn't have an umbrella but she might as well be standing in the rain at this funeral 
overlooking it. And then when and then something somebody screams or something, he looks over and when he looks back, she's not there anymore. Classic. Yes. He keeps he keeps seeing her. She keeps showing up at one point in the marsh. He finds a little graveyard. She's there. She starts walking towards him and he freaks out, and runs away. So, yes, thank you for, for bringing her and th- thank you for bringing the title <laughs> character into <laughs> this plot I'm trying to get it to. It was easy to forget her, though, because she would show up and then just disappear. Like, there was no just resolution to any of the scenes that she was in. Did he run out of the room? Did she disappear? Like, what ended up happening? Can other people see her? Can, Is it well, just yeah, him? Right. Why it seems like he it's own- just him. Yeah. The whole town kind of had that vibe. Like, he would ask other characters questions and they just flat out wouldn't answer them they would just respond with something else they're like oh it's getting dark out he asked the one guy i can't remember the question we asked him a question the guy's like pass the salt like it was so (laughs) abrupt and so obvious that he was trying not to answer him so the whole time i thought well is our main character a ghost and this whole town is still alive or vice versa the whole town's a ghost I was giving it way more credit than it really deserved. (laughs) I thought this plot was much deeper. At a certain point, I thought for sure that the carriage wreck was his wife and two kids coming to visit him. And he was hearing Uh. it from the future, I guess, like a haunting from Mm. the future. Because he had two kids, and I couldn't tell from the wailing going on in that accident, the the sound that you keep talking about, if there was one kid or two or how many people were involved. Like, I thought the one was a, a girl, actually. Uh, the little girl was screaming, but it was apparently a little boy. Uh, either way, I thought that was, was what was going on, and I was thinking, oh, well, it's kind of clever, but they didn't do any of that. None of that was done. How did this See? movie end, David? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'll oh, let Zinger make <laughs> No, no, no. I, I kind of was wondering that, too. I'm like, is this like foreshadowing of what's going to happen to his family? Yeah, that's so exactly I'm like, what is, I thought. Is, yeah. is this clever? Is, this, like, what's, is, is that what this is? And, well, yeah. yeah. Also, that dog. So this that's when I think the the movie actually got interesting. It's so slow. But it, one of the guys that helps him that like picks him up from the train station and uh helps him out in the town, he's got this little dog and the dog's named Spider. <laughs> I I like the explanation, hate the name. <laughs> it's it's like a rat terrier or something, right? Like yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he explains it's like, oh, it's it's a uh, it's you know, all all hair and legs. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, great explanation. Still hate the name. And then he's like, do you want to borrow my dog? <laughs> yeah. He's like, take the dog with you. You need company at that house. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? This is a recipe for disaster. Who would lend out their dog? There's no way it's coming back well, to you. I'll, I'll You're spoil, never getting that dog uh, back. I'll spoil it for everybody. The dog is okay. He, the dog survives. So that's that's kind of my like uh, litmus test for a movie <laughs> everybody I survives in this movie though honestly the only person that dies well, is the widow uh, hey! do you remember the ending no <laughs> did you fall asleep <laughs> i might have fallen asleep honestly okay. well anyways did i forget something as soon as the dog goes with him to, to spend the night with him the movie gets good that's unfortunately about three quarters of the way through he has more supernatural stuff happen to him at the house. Basically, at one point, he goes to bed and he's awakened by the sound of this voice of this kid. This might is this at the house or is it in town at that point? No, the second time was at the inn. The second time he hear, hears the voice is at the inn. Yeah, I think he might and have he been finds the soldier under the pillow. I believe. Yes. 
I think he might have had a nervous breakdown, been taken into town. He's resting at the uh, the yeah. spider's owner's house, and then he hears he hears the kid, and it wakes him up, and then he feels under his pillow, and there's this little soldier. This little tin soldier or whatever. Which he keeps finding other places. He keeps, Yeah, he keeps showing up in places, which is creepy. That's a fun thing. But then all of a sudden, the kid talks. He's like, oh, what, what are you doing, man? <laughs> and he's like, what's your name? Who are you? And then the scene happens where this woman in black just shows up floating above his bed, bug-eyed, just going, <laughs> and it is that for a solid very accurate two minutes if it's a second <laughs> two minutes <laughs> but that sound was exactly what it sounds like oh, only yeah. you crank the and volume it is creepy yeah it it is it's creepy and it's funny because she's she's doing nothing but floating there and bug-eyed and close up on her face <laughs> and, and that's all you need because it was it's creepy and that's what has stuck with people all these years i think anyways he he absolutely loses his mind he's sent back to london he recuperates and then he's he's just scarred because he finds that that toy soldier in his briefcase he burns the uh lawyer's practice down or at least his office he burns his practice all the stuff from the woman in black's house including her original podcasting materials <laughs> yes he did so, yep lost so to history to, yeah wanted to nip that in the bud and and sorry I'll let you finish with what happens next. And then he he returns to his family. They're like, let's take it. Let's take a break. Let's go out boating on the on the pond. I forgot about this part. <laughs> then he sees the woman in black, and a tree falls on them. The end. <laughs> on the water. <laughs> on the water. They're in the boat. There's the woman in black standing in the water like Jesus. And then the tree falls on them. They spent all their budget on that. They spent all their budget on her standing out there. I guarantee you. Like the Metatron, on one pole. like the Metatron from um, Dogma, deep Kevin Smith cut. You're welcome. I am going deep into the Alan Rickman. To, yeah, Alan Rickman's character in um, Dogma. So there, that's my reference point for that. What was that in reference to? <laughs> oh, her standing on the water. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he he does that too in the movie. Not this movie. <laughs> so the movie ends with the entire family dying. Here's the here's the point probably should have made earlier. I'm all over the place. Uh, whenever anybody sees the woman in black, a kid is going to die. That's what the town is so up in arms about, because I think they're all kind of like keeping their heads low and trying not to piss her off. And then all of a sudden he comes to town. He starts seeing her and they're all like, well, crap. Now, what of our kids are going to die? Thanks. Yeah. And they were hoping that it would be one of the Vistani kids. And it almost is. <laughs> He saves one of one of them from a cart falling on it or something. It's a log across legs falling off of the cart onto, onto her the legs. kid's legs. Yeah. And, yeah, and a bigger log falling to where the kid was. Yeah, but he's he saved this uh, this this child, uh, the a, a Romani child. I think that's how we. <laughs> Romani, yes. Romani, yeah, Romani, yeah, I think Romani, that's how Romani. I've referred to it in the past. I'm just gonna keep saying Vistani for the D and D reference. That's this film. It affected people. Um, how did it affect you guys? It affected me big time. I had a I had a busy day today. 
And looking back, it affected me a lot because I could have had that time back. Like, you could literally condense this film into, like, a five-minute short. It might be effective. It's basically... What's the best way? It, it, it's season one of Unsolved Mysteries, the world's longest reenactment. That's what you're watching right here. Uh, <laughs> the budget, the budget's super low. The acting's whatever. Um, the story's pretty bad. The effects are pretty bad. Like there's not really a redeeming factor other than nostalgia. If you watched this when you were ten years old at Christmas time, you probably love this film, quite honestly. But having watched it now at whatever the hell old, what am I, forty something? Um, there you go. It doesn't. It doesn't land. It doesn't land with me now. It's it's just too dated and it's just too slow for me. Uh, and there's too many accents. Like, wh- what is this? A blurry photos episode? Like, I don't know what's uh. half these people are talking about. <laughs> like in the same sentence, even in the same yeah. sentence. And and there's all these different British accents. Like you get Cockney, you get uh, the other ones that I can't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I usually can. That's that's a movie we should do. Snatch. You guys seen Snatch? That's a, yeah, yeah. That's like, a British movie like right dags. there. You like dogs? Yeah. Like dogs? Oh, you mean dogs? Yeah, I like dogs. <laughs> yeah, dogs. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I like any film. I appreciate that they did it. Uh, it's a ton of work to get a film done of any caliber, but man, it's dated. It's a dated film. <laughs> I, 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 my only redeeming thing is there's nice little moments with the sound effects when it's not blowing out your speakers from just being overdone, <laughs> like him putting on the, um, the wax cylinders and stuff had like, I was like, oh man, the sound effects on that are cool. And then my speakers blow out a few minutes later from just something happening. And I'm like, never mind. That could be because it's on YouTube as well. I mean, oh, we have to yeah. take that yeah. into account. Yeah, this is on YouTube. You guys can watch it at your leisure. By the way, do <laughs> yourself don't. a favor. <laughs> Turn on closed caption because not even the closed caption knows what's being said. There were several <laughs> times where the dog was referred to as Spider-Man for some reason. I don't know why. Um, also, the where, where the dog goes and runs off and he goes, Spider! I was like, is he scared of Spider? Oh, right. Dog's name. Dog's name. <laughs> like, I had so much anxiety once he borrowed the dog. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. give the Same. dog back. And like, then I he can't. ran off. <laughs> Yeah, the, the dog, dog ran, ran off away. into the marsh. I'm like, and I wrote a note somewhere. I'm like, I knew this was going to happen or <laughs> did something like that. Like, don't let people borrow your pets. That's rule number three or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Jeez. Maybe that's a British thing. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> but they were talking about how much they love this dog and, oh, he's the greatest. I'll just take him. We don't need it. Right. I'm hung up on that for some yeah. reason. I'm not even a dog guy, and I'm still hung up on but it. But the dog was okay, so... He was yeah. okay. I the dog was the smartest one in the film. <laughs> he ran he, he ran immediately. Like, I'm an hell out of here. <laughs> ran all the way home. Yep. I actually have a question for you guys, uh, and I kind of touched on it with some of my theories as to what's going on, but if you were to... Forget the remake. Let's say you're going to remake this film today. What would you add to it to, to bring it into modern times, I guess, the best way to put it? What would you add or subtract, or how would you change the story to make it more interesting. I can't really answer that after having watched the remake because I think they did a lot of stuff that I probably would have done myself, like crank up the creepiness factor, crank up the children creepiness factor, uh, hmm. have the woman be more of a character in it than just appearing like a handful of times, even including the time where she's just screeching with her bug eyes. <laughs> so, once I get into a little bit of the remake, I, I think you might agree too, but I'm interested, Zinger, what do you think? Well, how would how would you do it? 
so something that bugs me in this and other like horror movies stuff like that especially ghost hauntings is does the main character deserve what happens to them i don't think this guy does like no. he's a good family man who's just trying to do the right thing here now his boss if the boss were the one out there yeah he deserves to have everything happen to him but that's the best thing that bugged me about this is i'm like this guy did nothing to deserve the outcome he gets aside from just do his job and wanting to resolve this situation. And there's no like warnings of like, you know, the, um, the, uh, I don't know why this is sticking in my head for some reason. Um, sometimes dead is better. Like, like, like something like someone, I mean, yeah, they all warn him, Hey, don't go out there, but there's no one that's like, just leave it alone. Don't, I, I, I just feel him, him being the focus of the ghost ire is an undeserved thing. Maybe have him be unfaithful to his wife in the remake. Maybe have him be the one who's mean to the employee. Like, make him an unlikable character so the outcome is kind of, like, deserved instead of just, guy did die, guy did good thing, bad thing happened to him in the end. Don't know why I broke into caveman explanation, but there you go. That's, that's how I would do it. I would want the character to deserve the outcome. That's hollow ground up there. Yeah. <laughs> your pet, pet cemetery <laughs> reference. That's a movie we should do, guys. Pet Cemetery. Um, now, There's a know, remake of that. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there is. Uh, it, I, I don't disagree with you, Justin, but at the same time, like maybe his quote unquote sin was choosing work over family. Uh, because he comes home and well, here, let's, let's back up. The, the boss is like, you got to go do this thing at this mansion on the other side of England, wherever it is. Uh, it's, <laughs> you have to ride a train to get there. It's far away. And he's like, you don't have a choice. If you want to move up in this firm, you have to do this. And he's like, but I got a wife, I got a kid, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes home. We find out he has a nanny for starters. So what's he even doing? There was some weird stuff with a nanny, but his boss blames him for having kids. By the way, did yeah, you guys the, catch that? Yeah, yeah he was like, "If you if you wanted a career, you shouldn't have had a family." Like, yeah. Something like that, <laughs> yeah. basically. And and then he goes home, tells his wife, "Well, I got to go out of town for a week. Like, good luck with you and the nanny. Like, she'll be fine." But and they still get a babysitter anyway, even though they have a nanny. I don't understand the whole nanny thing. Um, <laughs> it's a British thing. Of, it's a British thing. Mary Poppins. The more I'm talking about it, the more questions pop into my head because he comes home with this scene and then the little kid's like, the nanny pushed me. And then nanny's like, no, I didn't. And then the parents looked concerned at each other and then it never came up again. Like, is this an abusive <laughs> nanny? Like, what's happening in this scene? Uh, but anyway, the whole point of what I'm getting at is uh, the boss knew about this haunting and he Ooh, sent yeah. him there so that the boss didn't have to go. Um, yeah. So he was kind of that unwilling victim. And then the choice that he made was he chose his career, well, furthering his career in this instance, at least over his family. And that would be the quote unquote sin that I would compare it to. But it's, it's a British horror film. So I feel like everything's like watered down a little bit, not yeah. no, no dig on the British whatsoever, but it's, it's especially an 89 made for TV British movie. It's pretty dry. <laughs> Let me tell you what they did with the uh, with the remake. It's almost a completely different story. Basically, Ooh. it's the premise of a solicitor having to go to Eel Marsh House to administer the final uh, will of this widow. That's the same. Everything else is basically different. The woman in black in that is much more hands-on. Uh, she is like out to get kids. 
there are tons of kids that have died. Uh, one of them, uh, Harry Potter plays the, the solicitor <laughs> in it. In this one, he is a single parent. His wife has died in childbirth. So he's oh. got the kid alone and, and has a nanny to help. That's how every horror movie starts. So we're off to a good start. Yeah. And Disney movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is not as uh, jovial and stuff as a lawyer as this other one. In fact, the the lawyer in this was like, you need to get your act together. You're like failing. So go do this or you're fired. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll do this. And he gets there. And basically the town from the get-go is like, get out. We don't want you here, especially knowing that you're going to go to this place where this woman's been taking our kids. And at one point... Uh, he's like at the police station and, and a few kids come in. One of them is like sickly. And then she just vomits blood and dies in his arms Whoa. because she has, she has ingested lie. There's another part where there's a, a fire. He comes into, ta- into town. There's a fire in a house. He goes, there's a kid in it still. So he busts in. He's like, I'm going to show everybody that I'm not here to mess with them. I'm here to help. He goes into it and the kid's standing there with an oil lamp in her hand, surrounded by flames. The woman in black is standing beside her looking at her and she just busts this oil lamp at her feet and goes up in flames. The kids are basically drawn to death when they when this woman is around. She like causes them to do things they wouldn't do. Sounds like a much better much better movie. I liked it a lot better. Um it wasn't, you know, it wasn't perfect by any means. There's a lot of jump scares that are kind of corny, but it's much much more of a horror film along the lines of what's happening these days, what's being made, you know, what we're more used to. I think Harry Potter does a great job in it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Since there's a lot more kids in this one, there's a standard we have here. Does one of them get punted out the door? Or any, uh, like, because we established from, what was it, La Llorona? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do any of them get, get, get just yeeted? I don't think there's a single yeet in this one. Worst movie of all time. <laughs> the kid does yeet blood from her mouth at one point, and then one of them yeets an oil lamp at her feet so that she goes up. So, but no, no kid, no kid themselves gets yeeted. I don't think. But they do separate them at some point, though, don't they? Put them in different groups, and like a like a hat decides which group they go into. <laughs> Didn't that happen? Wrong movie. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Wrong Daniel Radcliffe movie. <laughs> Hat decides. I had to throw a Harry Potter joke in there somehow. Actually, I got a fun fact about okay. that. That can wait. That can wait. So one one big difference in this is that uh, Daniel Radcliffe's character is like, I'm going to help this ghost. I'm going to do something to get her to stop. He literally goes out at night and uh, goes marsh diving he he dives into this swamp and is like it's basically tar <laughs> it's like all this gross mud he gets julius caesar to to get in a car and pull out this carriage from this marsh and he gets the body of the dead kid that is this woman's son and he like takes it home cleans it up wraps it up puts it in the nursery where where it it, it you know it used to live can i ask what state of decomposition this body's in at this point it was pretty good 
it was still pretty good. Like you still can fresh, see huh? facial features. Okay. And I, you know, that happens with <laughs> bogs, like bodies yeah. that get put in bogs kind of get preserved. They turn them like black though, right? It, it, I mean, it was, it wasn't to the, quite to that stage. It was decomposing, but it was still a kid. You could still. These are the <laughs> details I need. <laughs> how, de- how decomposed was this body we're talking about? So, so he basically invites the woman in black to collect her kid or to be like, we're going to bury the kid. Everything should be fine. And the woman in black shows up, screams at him, and then disappears. And then he's like, okay, that's it. We're done. I solved it. And so he goes back to the train station. Now, here's the part that's completely wild. The maid... And his son show up there in this town at the train station to take him home. Why? So he's talking to Julius Caesar. The kid wanders off, gets on the railroad tracks. Train comes. Harry Potter jumps down, grabs the kid. Daniel Radcliffe sees the woman in black watching him as he jumps down to get the kid. And then the next scene, the kid's like, Daddy, who is that woman there? And he's like... Oh, that's mommy. And he goes up to the to this woman. They hold hands and walk off down the tracks. So obviously they die, but they are reunited in death. He hooks up with the woman in black? No, no, no. No, no. no. This was his wife, wife oh, his that wife he sees so. on the okay. tracks. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, the I, woman in I black is there before he he gets hit by the train and then it ends with the woman in black staring at the camera. <laughs> As she watches them. I'm sorry, I've, I've, I've got the summary here. So apparently she watches the happy family reunited. She and does, and then she, she and then she looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall. So Harry Potter <laughs> and the kid die and getting hit by the train. Yes, mm-hmm. but they are reunited with the Be mother reunited in the afterlife. In gotcha. So it's okay. kind of a macabre happy ending. Gotcha. Hooray? He dies a lot in his movies. It's better than the 89 version, I think. There was a lot more to it. It's not perfect... But it, they did, I think, what that original movie did not have, which was crank up the creepy factor, make the woman in black much more of a, a character in it, much more hands-on. And there were a lot more, like, you know, he goes into the kid's room and the, the rocking chair's rocking on its own, and then it just stops. There's a lot of, like, dolls in, in the new one, that, and they've got the dumbest, creepiest faces. So... You know, there's a lot of little details that are in in our zeitgeist in the horror genre now that are added in, and I think do make it better, make it's, it a better story. It sounds like they up the atmosphere, which wasn't really a mm-hmm. date thing because if you think about it, Beetlejuice was a year older than than True. Woman in Black, and that thing's full of atmosphere. Uh, it's kind of Tim Burton esque, but it's still atmosphere. Like it's it was a concept back then. Uh, it's it's a strange decision not to include it i mean maybe they tried but it seemed like they just used the location as is like it wasn't yeah it wasn't like they really tried to spice it up any i mean sure they filled it with fog but that was also part of the storyline like they needed that fog in there so nitpicking but yeah so anyways so that's uh (laughs) that's the woman in black i keep calling the lady in black it is not it is the woman in black she was not a lady (laughs) definitely was not a lady i don't know if this was your fun fact zinger or not but a little bit of irony, the dude that played the lawyer in the first one was James Potter in the Harry Potter films, Harry Potter's dad. Eh, life imitates art. It comes full circle. <laughs> the world turns again. Yes, that that, that, that was That's my That's pretty interesting, fact. though. I thought Harry Potter's dad was dead. 
That was not the point. He was an orphan. No, no, no. But but of course he plays his dad when he's able to see his dad because of course magic. Oh, his the dad shows up. Yeah, he's. I've only seen the first Harry Potter, and there was no dad in that one. I don't think. Yes, it was. I don't remember. This was his dad a few times when he's holding the seductive stone. Okay, that's right. I believe you. That's when Darth Vader shows up. Right, seductive stone. No, it's philosopher's stone and then sor- philosopher's stone in England, sorcerer's stone in America. There we go. Yeah. Wait, Harry Potter came to America. Yeah. God, I, right. this is the Mormon Potter. Just Come me. on, Derek. <laughs> just ignore it, me. It happened after the. It's the la- It's the testament of of Harry Potter in America. Come on. He showed up in Missouri. <laughs> Harry Potter and Latter Day Saints. That's right. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Church of Latter-day Saints. Oh, man. This is going to be it's a, a good It's a new book. testament of Harry Potter. <laughs> it's a brand new episode. Um, I Actually, this fun another fun fact. Uh, this is actually based on a book. So, interesting. Oh, wait. We said that earlier. Um, yeah, a novel. Yes. Apparently a whole-ass novel. <laughs> um, in the book, however, they are killed when a, when, with a horse and buggy collision. Which I guess was just too much to animate. I mean, to to put into film because instead they just had a tree fall on them, tree branch <laughs> fall on them and sink the boat. I would have loved to have seen this epic horse collision. The buggy, buggy would have been just, cooler. Just, just, just that would have yeeted a kid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just these two horse characters just slamming into each other <laughs> for thirty seconds of screaming. You know what's funny, and this has nothing to do with anything other than what you just said, Justin, but (laughs) where I I grew up in Ohio, the very first, they call it an automobile accident, but they don't mean, they don't mean cars. They mean like horse and buggy. A guy got drunk and was riding his buggy home and flipped it and it rolled over and popped his head off. And it was the first ever fatality in a automobile or in a, I can't remember a vehicle or whatever. I don't know how they word it, but there's like a little plaque in this little village near where I grew up. And every time I go by there, I'm like, that's like the the very first death in Ohio based on a automobile or not automobile. I keep saying automobile, but it was a horse and buggy that killed him. So whatever word they used vehicle, I suppose. But I, that's, that's my hmm. tidbit. I have nothing to offer on the film. So I just <laughs> final thoughts are, Hey, guess what happened in Ohio this yeah. one? <laughs> guess what happened in my hometown 200 years ago? <laughs> Zinger, what are your final thoughts for this one? Uh, the fact this movie both has a sequel in book form and in movie form disappoint me to no end. Um, as the fact they exist, I don't have any interest in seeing them. Overall, I like I said, I don't think our char- main character deserves the, the the terrible torment and death he got. I did like him choking out his boss randomly and burning half of his firm down because he lost not? it. Yeah. He lost it. <laughs> I I also like how the fireman starts yelling at him for burning the place down too it it was a different time where firemen could walk into places and start yelling at people for why'd you do this and i was like oh it's great the I, fireman I, I like- said what i wanted to say though the guy's throwing let, let me fill everybody in really quick he's going through this <laughs> trunk that arrived from the woman in black's house and he's like freaking out with every item he pulls out he's looking for something i think but i, I didn't catch it in the plot uh, so he's throwing papers and papers and throwing them toward the fireplace, not in it, toward it. And then they're all like hanging out onto the carpet and onto the floor. And he's like, ah, it's good enough. And he douses it with some flammable liquid. I can't remember Kerosene, what it was. Kerosene, probably. Uh, they no, say in there. No, no, it was, uh, I can't remember. They say in the film and it's something that's not normally used something these days. British. 
T. Petroleum. Yes. <laughs> petrol. petrol. It was petrol, petrol. I believe. Uh, so anyway, so he's like covers all these financial documents with this flammable liquid and just lights it up and the carpet's on fire and like he's just standing yeah. there looking at it and he's like- putting it in the fireplace. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, the trunk. So he douses that thing in flammable <laughs> liquid and throws it on the ground. Like he doesn't even bother. And then the whole thing burns down. And, and the whole time I'm yelling at him, what are you doing? You're going to catch your whole office on fire. And I guess that was the point. He sure lost did. his marbles. Now, that, that is a fun question. Was he crazy the whole time? Because I pointed out that that the Eel Manor whatever burned down too. And did he destroy all the stuff in the kids' room? Well, this I think is we know the how questions it burned down. I ask. Ooh. He was trying to Apparently light a fire in the know, fireplace. Yeah, he doesn't know how to use a fireplace. This is the problem. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use a fireplace. <laughs> He's just like, fire me. Ooh. It's very caveman-esque of you today, Justin. That's like twice. <laughs> fire. It's his sleeveless shirt. Uh, is it my, ter- my turn for my opinion? Yeah, did you get your final thoughts out? This is what happens when the films are... Uh, bore, I'll say the word boring for lack of a better term, but it makes it hard to do these shows. Like it's hard to talk about these sometimes because it's like, what do you talk about? Like, I don't want to harp on all the bad things this thing did because it is 30 something year, 33 years old or whatever. Ugh. Oh yeah. It makes you shiver just to say that. Uh, but you know, you don't want to rag on the whole thing the whole time, but at the same time, like there really wasn't a lot redeeming about it. Uh, like I said earlier, it could have been, uh, boiled down to a 10, 15 minute short. And I think that would have been boring. Honestly, uh, I see why they did a remake of it. It has meat on the bone where you can add to the story and it has that nostalgia to it. So I understand why they would take that gamble. Uh, I'm anxious to see the new version of it. Uh, even though David just gave the entire plot away for us. Uh, I, I might spoiler alert, by the way, guys, um, yeah. <laughs> now that we're done talking about it, I, I, I don't know if, if you have a boring night and you have your phone out and you're drinking some beer or something, maybe put it on in the background just to see what we're talking about, but certainly don't run and watch this film. I tend to agree. This is such a slow burn. Uh, you, you really have to, um, be committed to watching British made for television films of the eighties to, to uh, make it through this thing. It's so slow. Uh, and I do think that the newer version does a much better job of cutting to the chase and getting to the stuff that's uh, juicier and just more interesting all around. I don't, uh, I guess the the story ends better in the new one than the, <laughs> it's kind of weird because in the, in the old version, the woman follows them to London She's not uh, stuck in this little seaside town, mm. which is kind of a weird ghost rule breaking, I think. But um, it is very hard to watch if you're not actively trying to be like, oh, let's let's just see what this is. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to make a point to watch this whole thing. So take that uh, as you will. I, I guess that's not a great um, endorsement of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but at the time, I think it, it's what interests me the most about it is that it was so well received and went straight to legend, basically, when it when it aired. And then because it wasn't re-aired until like five years later, it uh, it added to the legend. And I think that's why it occupies such a uh, place in people's hearts and the nostalgia really rings true for them. So um, if you're going to watch it, watch both, compare them. You know, if you got the time, 
and uh, if not, uh, you could uh, you could take a pass if you want. That's my thought. <laughs> <laughs> That one scene, you can find the one scene. If you just type in the woman in black, that scene, you know the one I'm talking about. That probably would get the, <laughs> would pull it up for you. And turn your speakers down to about 20% turn them down. before There's, you hit play on that. Because oof. I mean, this they make the sound that uh, Jim Carrey makes in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it's exactly car. what I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the sound. It's exactly the sound. I guess the new one was successful it, they say it grossed 130 million oh, worldwide so that's yeah, probably what bad, a 40 50 million dollar movie something like that i would guess i would guess that it, might be a little high good yeah I, I think it's very well made the new one i don't know if it's um, 15, necessarily great but 15 to 17 million box office 127 well, mil. so yeah 17 mil, huh? that's good that's a good return yeah <laughs> in reality right? it's probably 10 10 million more than that. So it's still a really good return, but they always fudge those numbers a little bit. So that's, uh, that's the woman black. Uh, thanks for listening to this round table. Let's go around and, uh, tell everybody where they can find more of us. Zinger, let's start with you. Oh, uh, you can of course find me, uh, every week on the Zingness podcast, talking about nerdy topics. And since we are in, um, uh, patent pending zingtober oh sorry <laughs> yeah i was about to say we did this exact same joke last year too um we're, we're covering more paranormal stuff like that so definitely check us out uh, otherwise we're covering basically anything pop culture including movies tv shows and everything nerdy that is zing this spelled z-e-n-g this well, you can find me, uh, Monsters Among Us Podcast is the name of my show, and you can find it anywhere you find a podcast. We release every Thursday on the dot. We almost never miss a day. But we're in season 14 now, so uh, brand new season, brand new stories. They're always brand new stories, but they're extra brand new this time. Hot off the presses. Uh, you can find Blurry Photos uh, same places. Just search Blurry Photos Podcast. Blurryphotos.org is the one-stop shop, and uh, please give us all a uh, follow and likes and all that all that good stuff that uh, helps us out socially. <laughs> so, for this uh, roundtable, I've been David. I've been Derek. And I'm Singer. And she's been the woman in black. Oh! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> <laughs>